Today's video, I'm going over some financial tips I wish I'd known earlier as an IT professional. So some of the things I wish I had known or I wish I had started years ago within my journey. And some of this is not just for the IT industry. It could roll over or correlate to any industry in general. If you're dealing with finances, you always got to have those rules to live by. So today, I'm going over some of those rules I wish I had told my younger self. So I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not trying to give you financial advice. A lot of the things I'm going to go over in this video, I want you to still do your own research and see if it's something that fits where you're at now currently within your financial journey. So am I the best at finance? Hell to the no. I work on finance every day. I try to get better. I do research on finance. You know, I, I read a lot of material trying to educate myself on finance. But at the end of the day, you don't have to be the best to understand the basic do's and don'ts of finance. So stay tuned and don't forget to click like, subscribe and that notification bell. Welcome to Debt Free and IT. I'm your host, Mike. This podcast is for anyone who's looking to get into the IT industry, whether it's for a career change or you're just interested, I think you come to the right place. At an early age, I always been interested in finance and investing. Around that time, I think it was probably my early 20s, my late teens. You know, I used to look up on the Internet, you know, back then, the Internet was just getting popular. You know, I was looking up on the Internet, looking at Nike stock, looking at uh, different little things that I bought around the house and things that I used. And back then, you know, the barrier entry was kind of high. So how we can go to TD Ameritrade, go to Swab, go to Robin Hood now, start with a little nothing, buy slices of shares. Back then, that wasn't even thought about. So back then, you needed about 5K in order to open up a trading account. So for me, late teens, early 20s, just now started working. I was working at a grocery store, so I sure as hell didn't have no 5K. So that barrier entry was real high. So as I started working better jobs and making a little bit more money, I still used to neglect the investing opportunities that most jobs would give you. So with most jobs, some of them, they offer to match whatever you invest. So if you're investing 5% in your 401k, they're going to match you 5%. So total, you got 10% that you're investing. And a lot of times it seems small, but over time, that investment is going to add up. So I remember around this time uh, getting laid off at my first real job, I say, getting laid off and hearing some of my coworkers talking about how much they had in retirement from that job. And at the time, you know, mine was way lower. Like I heard some of them was talking about 50, 60 grand or even more at the time. And mine was like, I think I walked out of there probably a grand because I wasn't investing in the match. So I was only there a couple of years, too. So. Around this time, you know, I'm starting to get curious. So then by the time I went through that layoff and you all know my story where I went to school for two years after that, I ended up getting back in, uh, in the IT industry. By the time I got into the IT industry, after a couple of years of working there, I finally started to educate myself a little bit more on finance. So if I could go back and talk to my younger self, there's a couple of things I would tell myself to do as far as finance goes. So one of the first things I would tell myself to do when it comes to finance is to start investing early. So with investing, you got this thing called compound interest. So what compound interest does, it allows your money to grow, not just on the initial principal amount, but also on the interest earned from the previous months or the previous periods. So what this means is, let's say you got $1,000 and in a year, 
your thousand dollars earn you a hundred dollars. So now with compound interest, you're now making money instead of on a thousand dollars, you're making money on that thousand plus that hundred that you earned the first year. So with compound interest, it keeps compounding and eventually you end up with the snowball effect. So the snowball effect, this is where the interest from one period is earned. It becomes part of the principle for the next period. So every time your snowball is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, eventually after a couple of years, when I say a couple of years, I do mean like not fast. So probably around about 20 years or so, you, you'll start to see where this snowball has started. is starting to grow real big. That way, the earlier you start, the better off you are, the less amount that you need to invest starting out. So if you wait till you're my age now, I'm 41 now. So if you wait till you're my age, I got to invest way more than I would have had to invest if I had started when I was 20. So I'm a little bit behind the curve. But like I said, we all I got to the game late, but the game is not over. So one of the first things I would have told my younger self to do is to start investing early. So the next thing I would have told my younger self to do when it comes to finances and investing is to go ahead and save up your emergency fund. So this emergency fund is made for any kind of unexpected expenses. It's just going to be this fund or this nest egg you got that's going to keep you from using up your credit cards. So when I was younger, I used to always get caught up in this situation where I'm not really saving money. I don't really have no emergency fund. I'm just going with the flow. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. All of a sudden, something something happens to my car. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to pay for that, whatever happened to my car, how I'm going to pay to get it fixed. So then, oh, me, end up going back to your credit card. You go back to your credit card. You swipe that credit card for a thousand. Next thing you know, it becomes a habit of swiping that credit card. A couple of months down the road or sometimes a couple of weeks down the road. That credit card is back maxed out. So having that emergency fund is crucial. Like today, I always try to keep an emergency fund and it's real helpful for when those unexpected expenses come about. So when those expenses with something I forgot about on my car, something messes up with it. It's always real good. You have that peace of mind of knowing that if something pops up, I got the money in the bank to take care of it without going to my credit cards. So that's the second thing I would have told my younger self to do when it comes to finances as well as investing. So the next thing I would have told my younger self to do when it comes to finances and investing is learn how to budget, you know, being able to stick to a budget and live below your means. So a lot of times we get that lifestyle creep. So I remember when I first started out in my IT career, I remember I, I was probably making around about 12 to $15 an hour. And I remember thinking about, dang, if I ever make it to $20 an hour, I'm going to be good. Everything's going to be paid off. Everything, I ain't going to have no worries for nothing. Well, a sh- couple of years later, that came and that passed. I'm make, I was making more than that. So eventually what ends up happening is I was making more money. So then I start to go out and get other bills to bring up my cost of living. So the best thing to do is learn how to stick to a budget. You know, you got budgeting apps out there now. One thing that I use now that I like a lot is the You Need a Budget app. So if you would like me to kind of go over some of that, some things I'm learning with the You Need a Budget app or Wine app, so just let me know or leave a comment in the in the comment section, and I'll be glad to try to go over that and let you know how I use Wine app. But 
learning to stick to a budget, like I said, that's one of the biggest things and one of the best things you can do. So if you can live below your means, then that means that you you stick to your cost of living. And then let's say you continue on your, through your IT career or through your IT journey. So let's say you got your cost of living, you're in desktop right now. So you, you're you used to budgeting off, off whatever you're making in desktop. Then let's say you transition to networking. So you're making a little bit more money. But let's say you're still sticking to that desktop budget. Then you transition over to you make senior engineer. You make engineer, then senior engineer. But you're still living off that desktop budget. So that's the goal. You want to stick to a budget, be able to live off that budget. And then when you make more money, that's going to move me on to my next section. Start investing. So it sounds crazy because this whole thing is basically about investing. But I remember back in my younger years when I first got into the IT industry, I we we all had one of the biggest chances, one of the biggest opportunities to to make a lot of money. And that was I remember sitting at my desk on third shift knowing that Facebook was IPO on the next day. I remember that Facebook stock came out. I think we had just got some kind of Christmas money or something from the job. It was like a I forgot what it was, but we we had just got a lump sum from the job and I remember telling myself I think I might have even discussed it with my coworker at the time. I was like, yo, I'm going to put this whole thing in Facebook. Because back then, we all knew Facebook was going to be around. Facebook is still around. And back then, the, the price of a share of a stock, the stock price of Facebook at the time, I think it came out about $32. Then within a couple of days, it dropped down to like $28, $25 a share. So just think if someone would have had put $1,000 into Facebook, at $25 a share. Facebook right now is roughly, I want to say it's pushing up on the high 300s. So if you had 100 shares of Facebook, now those 100 shares will be worth $300 a share where you paid $25 a share. So I remember missing that opportunity because I wasn't investing. You know, even if it would have been in retirement, I, I wasn't doing it. So one thing I would go back and tell my younger self is, you know, get savvy at investing, learn about all the rules, the tips of the trade, everything about invest. And then the last thing I would have told my younger self about finances and investing is to take that employer match. You know, like I talked about in the beginning of this episode, a lot of times we don't take our match, the 401k match from our employer. So if we're working for a for-profit company, let's say you're working for Google or Facebook, a lot of time their opportunities are good because you can they may be matching up to 10 percent or whatever. Most jobs, they're going to have some some kind of match. So one rule I like to live by is whatever my employer is matching. That's what I try to con- contribute. So if my employer is matching five percent, I try to add in five percent in order to get that match of five percent. So I try to get the, whatever the biggest match is, if they're matching 10 percent which if they're doing that, that's great. Most of them not going to do that. So if they're matching 10%, you want to invest that 10% too. Now with this 401k, one thing you got to realize is that as it grows and it, that snowball takes effect and it gets large, you always got to remember that when you withdraw this, whenever you retire and you withdraw that money, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. Because right now, out of your paycheck, when you're investing, it's not being taxed. So with that 401k, whenever you withdraw it, 
you're going to have to pay taxes on that money. And which brings me to the next thing. I wish I would have started a Roth IRA years ago. So with a Roth IRA, right now you're limited to the amount you can put in, but the money that you put in has already been taxed. So that means that this is the money that you get from your paycheck or whatever after the taxes is taken out. Let's say you make four grand and after taxes taken out, you come home with three grand. So you take money from that three grand and you put in this Roth. I think the limit right now is around six or seven thousand you can put in a year. But the beauty of this Roth is whatever it grows to, whenever you retire to take it out, you don't pay no taxes on it because the money has already been taxed because you're putting it in with your the tax dollars from your paycheck. So whatever this Roth grows to, you take it out, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So if you're in your early 18 or your 19 or 20, go ahead and start that Roth. You know, you may not be able to max it out now every year, but try to contribute a couple hundred dollars a year. Just let it grow over time because right now you got a lot of time. You're in your early 20s, bro. You got like 40 years until you hit 60. So over time, I don't care if you're putting in a hundred dollars a year, it is going to compound and it is going to grow and you are going to get that snowball effect. So that's one thing I wish I would have told my younger self to take advantage of that Roth IRA as well as that 401k. So that brings me to the end of this episode. Hopefully you found some value in this episode. Like I said earlier, I'm not trying to give no financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Please go and do your own research. That's just some tips that I wish I would have told my younger self. So if you're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you can follow me at Debt Free and IT. If you have any questions, you can email them to me at debtfriendit at gmail.com or you can go to the new website. Let me know how you like it. Debtfriendit with Mike.com. Other than that, I'll see you next week. Peace.